As always, it is my pleasure that you join me for today's podcast of Second Chance Coaching. My name is Dr. Richard Lewis. If you'd be so kind as to leave me a rating and your feedback, I would very much appreciate it, and it will help others like you to optimally discover this podcast wherever you listen to this and your other favorite podcast. As you know, at Second Chance Coaching, we focus on seeing everyday life through the eyes of the returning citizen and highlighting the resiliency of the human spirit. I would love to work with you one-on-one, whether you're a returning citizen or coaching client seeking your second chance, or you're a representative of a business, college, or university seeking to integrate and support returning citizens in your respective organizational and learning environments. Please feel free to contact me via email at richard at secondchancecoaching.com or via Instagram at the Dr. Richard Lewis. Welcome again to another edition of Second Chance Coaching. As always, it is my pleasure to join you on another week of your reentry journey from whichever corner of the world you're listening from. Thank you always for joining us. We remain humbly excited that you decided to spend part of your week with us. Over here, um, this week hasn't been too bad. Teaching school has been going well, and I usually teach on Fridays, but uh, this Friday is the observance of Veterans Day in the United States of America, and I get a much-needed or uh, more so, much desired day off, at least from teaching. But I still have work at the airport that evening, on Friday evening. This day off, I would be remiss if I didn't say, is definitely brought to us by the many men and women who have given their service to us here in the United States of America. And I join millions of Americans in thanking you for your service. And I also want to sit there and uh, thank those who I've gone to school with and those who I've known personally uh, who have gone and and uh, made the selfless sacrifice in serving our country through military service. So I thank you as well. I thank you. I thank my friends and family for for doing that. I'm also excited that uh, coming up soon is Thanksgiving in just two weeks, and uh, I'll be enjoying that time with family. You know, I'll see my sister, my niece, the twins, Julian, the granddaughter. Uh, I'll, I'll just be. I'm just so excited about seeing so much family. Honestly, I'm looking forward to it like a kid looks forward to presents under the Christmas tree. You know, and uh, moving on from that as it pertains to life and the condo HOA, we talked about that last week. You know, in the last couple of days, we've had to make some really tough decisions. And I had the opportunity to speak to many residents this week about their concerns regarding rising insurance costs and uh, concerns about assessments for our upcoming 40-year inspection and the work that has to be done in the building. And I just have to say, I really feel for a lot of the folks in my building. I live in a 55 and older community, so a lot of people are retired. And um, and certainly their sentiment is that no one wants to work so hard that at the end of their work life, they feel like they have to do like they have to do more when they feel like they've gotten to a place where they don't have to do anything else, at least from a professional work standpoint. And now they're faced with doing so much more because they're on a fixed income. Things are going up. And their income is not going up, so it's a it becomes a little unsettling and not not sure for them. So, 
I totally get that. Uh, during the course of the week, especially uh, since we had to, since we just posted the episode this past Saturday, I wasn't sure, you know, after having that kind of busy week, that I don't know if I thought I thought of of thought think I did not think that I could think of a topic. Oh, I could get that out. Not to think of a topic that I could post in less than a week. So, but in, in addition to grading papers and interacting with condo residents to catch up on these new duties that, that I have as acting president, I went through so much of my paperwork to review condo documents, you know, review bylaws, articles of incorporation, certainly the condominium law for the state of Florida, and was certainly giving myself a very quick and comprehensive lesson on what it will mean to be president of this association for the next two and a half months. And for at least the next year, if I choose to run for re-election and if I win. And then while I was looking for that paperwork, I ran into a lot of other paperwork that I had in the house that I could get rid of that I did not even need any longer. And this was um, stuff that I'd accumulated over the couple of years I've been here at the apartment. And even some old stuff from the old house that I certainly did not need any longer. And one of the interesting things that I ran into was, a bu- was an old budget notebook from eight years ago. And I was uh, comparing expenses. You know, I looked through it for the, for, for, for the fun of it. And I said, well, let me look at, the, look at the expenses that are in this book and compare the expenses I had eight years ago compared to today, which was certainly very, very different. <clears throat> for example, eight years ago, Nanabi was still alive. And Julian was still in undergrad. And I was still paying child support. And my budget reflected that. But um, it, it was it was so, and I was looking at the meticulousness in which I was looking at the pennies going in and the pennies going out, and I certainly was making sure that I watched and accounted for every single dollar that came in. And even as a kid growing up, when I started working jobs, I didn't always have a meticulous notebook like that, but I would always do a lot to watch and monitor my pennies and my dollars. I, I think... Um, Maybe some people who are close to me at the time probably would have considered me borderline cheap at some point. But even though I could have been accused of being borderline cheap, while I always enjoyed having nice things, I certainly, there was, a, there was a side of me that also wanted to live a simple life without much clutter and stuff that takes up, that takes up room or have a lot of large expenses which would make life more complicated. I certainly did not want that. The idea of reducing the number of things I wanted to carry around with me really came to light when we sold mom's house and I moved into the condo. When um, we were looking through mom's things, there was so much to get rid of and so much stuff to downsize that I even needed my sister to come down from North Carolina to help me because we had to go through what seemed like countless pounds of, of things that my mother had accumulated over the years. And not only the physical nature of going through that, 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 those pounds of stuff, but really the emotional stuff that came with it. There was emotions and memories that came with so many pictures and so many uh, possessions that we were going through that my mother had. Like, for example, we found things like my mother kept our grade school report cards, kept those. Um, we found our mother's GED diploma. You know, we even found mom and dad's uh, marriage certificate. There was so much stuff to decide you know, what to keep and what to get rid of and what to give away. Um, ultimately, when we did all of that, 
We certainly didn't get rid of the report cards or, G, or mom's GED diploma and certainly didn't get rid of mom and dad's marriage certificate. But in saying all that to you, it got me to the point of thinking, okay, what's the topic we want to talk about this weekend? This week, I really want to speak to you about incorporating the principle of minimalism in the reentry journey. So even for those of us, and I include that, those of us who are aspiring minimalists, um, who wanted to live this life before we even heard of a reentry journey, minimalism was something that was rather appealing. <laughs> now, by no means do I consider myself a minimalism expert. And quite honestly, minimalism will mean different things to different folks. It'll, it, it depends on what you want to minimize in your life. So it may mean something different to you than it'll mean to me. But what I would recommend that if you want to know more about minimalism, I would recommend highly watching the Netflix documentary called The Minimalist Less Is Now. That's The Minimalist with an S, Less Is Now. And I think that even if you don't have Netflix, I think if you go on YouTube, you could find the documentary if you YouTube it. Now, you might say to yourself, I have an idea as to what you may be talking about. I say that a lot of times to myself too when people talk. I said, I have an idea what they're talking about, so I'm going to continue to pretend like I know what that I'm talking about. But some people like me at some points may just say, talk to me in plain English. What is minimalism? Now, according to the documentary that I just recommended to you, minimalism means bringing intention into the way you live and the way you spend your money. It means knowing your priorities in life and acting accordingly with your physical space, finances, your lifestyle, and everything. This is really just a way of living and being comfortable with fewer things around you because you know what you want. And it's a way of and it's a way of thinking that frees you from the consumer culture that we live in today, which is really hard to avoid. That's why I indicated earlier that minimalism can mean different things to different people. You know, we're talking about things and then we talk about finances. But it means different things to different people, depending on what in your life you want to re-engineer or really minimize. This could be one thing or a few things at a time, or you might be seeking a complete total transformation. I have to say for myself, I've already made the commitment that during the Christmas break, I'm going to be doing, definitely doing minimalism projects around the condo. Now, I'm not sure if I'll be going a complete total transformation but I highly anticipate that a major re-engineering is on the horizon. And for me, it's really would be, it would really be about finding balance and accepting and embracing living with less, really looking at things and say, do I really need this or do I really need that? And the research tells us that the minimalist lifestyle is really about shaping a life around the things that bring you genuine value. That's what I was thinking of in, in my dynamic. And, and, and to continue as to what the research tells us, it's talking about shaping your life around the things that bring you genuine value and really decluttering the other aspects of your life. Now, this, now, this does not mean living on bare necessities. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that instead of lights, you have candles. I mean, at least for me, that's not what I'm talking about. But it's really finding out the things that are truly important to you. And once again, repeating to live and act intentionally to remove the habits and things that you really could just live without. The benefit to really to living this sort of lifestyle is just allowing you, allowing me to have a better grasp on your finances. And once again, putting the focus squarely on the things you value, like keeping things that you value and ultimately your happiness. Now, 
you keep hearing me talk about minimalism and you're like, oh, okay, I got the definition. I know what it is. I hear what you're talking about. What are some of the benefits to minimalism? And once again, the research tells us there's, there's benefits to it. And they gave us the top 10 benefits to minimalism. Number one is clarity. It brings focus and declutters spaces for productivity. Number two, stress reduction. It reduces the feeling of being overwhelmed because of materialistic pressures. Three, financial freedom, because you're mindfully spending and you're keeping your financial stability intact. Number four, time optimization. You're prioritizing meaningful activities and relationships. Number five, mindfulness. It fosters gratitude and an appreciation for simplicity. Number six, an enhanced well-being. It's, that helps promote uh, fulfillment and contentment. Number seven, sustainability. That really usually, if you're a minimalist, you're going to support eco-friendly practices. Number eight, improved decision-making. Simplifies choices and really reduces distractions. Number nine, increased mobility. It enables freedom and flexibility and movement. And number 10, something we all would want, is inner peace. It cultivates serenity and a balance in your life. Now, we're talking about all these benefits that we just listed, 10 benefits to incorporate minimalism into your reentry journey. And then you're probably saying, okay, I'm sold. I'm ready to go. So the next statement could be, hey, Richard, I want to be a minimalist. How do I do that? <laughs> well, I'm glad you asked. Our research showed us there are eight simple or eight, let's say, minimum steps on how to become a minimalist. And there are as follows. So if you follow this, you can sit there and do that. And this is stuff that I'm trying to follow as well. Not, about, not everything that I've been able to follow, but I've been able to follow a lot of these things, which has definitely been a really great help. So let's go through these eight steps on how to become a minimalist. Number one, be clear about your intentions. Why do you want to become a minimalist? Why do you want to pursue this lifestyle? Are you spending more than you earn on a regular basis? Is there more month at the end of the money? Are you in debt and struggling to climb out? Do you feel stressed about the amount of clutter in your home? Number two, declutter one zone at a time. Don't try to do everything at one time. If you want to declutter your home, like physically take stuff out of it, just do one room or one area at a time. Start from where you believe the decluttering could benefit you the most. Set aside one day or one weekend at a time, for example, to declutter one space or one or or you use one day at a time, like I'll like I'll be doing over the holiday break. The decluttering does not only have to be physical or financial. You could also declutter your approach to work, your mindset with certain friendships and relationships, and really your overall mental load, your bandwidth. Number three, deal with your worst area first. Deal with the area of your life that needs to be decluttered and requires the most attention. For me, it was when mom passed away. I went from living in a home splitting bills three ways between me, my mom, and my sister to the home still being there. Mom has passed. My sister moved away. And now it's all up to me. I had to handle those bills which were just mine and balance, that, and balance those obligations and bills that were solely mine. I really had to balance that out and see how this is going to work for me. But thank goodness, I'm seeing the light at the end of the tunnel with that clutter, and I'm almost done with that. 
but I dealt with that worst area first. That was the area that needed the most attention from me. Number four, I'm going to definitely like sharing this with you. Learn how to travel lightly. One of my travel friends is an expert at this, and slowly but surely, I've mastered the art of not traveling heavy. It makes the cost less expensive as you're not paying for multiple bags because every, every airline seems like you're paying for bags. And uh, you, become, you become more mobile and less reliant on the airlines not losing or damaging your belongings. My travel friend, who's coincidentally out of town this week, has perfected this so well that when he travels to the Far East for one week, he literally brings with him just one carry-on bag. He's able to master that. Number five, simplify your meals. This is especially the case when it comes to living on your own. For me, for the most part, I cook a rotation of about five entrees. I always have vegetables and rice or, or you know, usually rice is the, is the, is the starch that I, that I have. But I have a rotation of about five meat entrees. And it's really designed to reduce the amount of ingredients and materials that I buy. Now, sometimes I'll buy something that I don't usually cook, but for the most part, I cook the same five things. So I'm not buying ingredients for something that I'm only going to cook one time, or I may use those ingredients that I have that I could cook something that I usually don't cook. But this is designed to not waste food, not waste ingredients, not waste materials, and really be more efficient in one's food usage. Number six, clear your mental clutter. So very important. Find that activity that assists you with clearing your mind and giving you peace, whatever that is. For me, as I've shared in the past, it's going to the beach. Now it's going also doing circuit training or listening to smooth jazz. That really does clear my mental clutter. Find that mental clutter, find that mental clutter cleanup activity for yourself that you could utilize. Number seven, set a savings goal. Especially now in the days of inflation, set a goal of saving a certain amount of money every month, whatever works for you. So you have that rainy day fund so that, especially in times like this in, in inflationary times, that a rainy day may be more likely to come than less likely, then you're able to sit there and get that done. And you're in the habit of saving. And then lastly, number eight, follow the one-week rule. Once you've declared your home, the next challenge is making sure to not reintroduce more stuff into your home. One of the best habits in avoiding this is the one-week rule. And the one-week rule works a little something like this. Think about when you're shopping online or doing something, even now with the, with the Amazon Fire TV, a commercial could come on and a little pop-up will come on and say, if I want to add this item to my cart, they just, it's like they just make it so readily easy for you to pick cart, to pick items and put things in your cart and to buy things. So the way I look at it is when you know when you're shopping online or thinking about buying something non-essential, um, whether item or items that are non-essential, before you click purchase, before you click OK, before you click anything that's going to commit you to purchasing that, close your browser, maybe shut off your TV, and wait for a week in thinking about that item. If after a week, if after seven days passes by and you still want that item, then buy it. A lot of times, though, what I've come to see in the one-week rule is that if you find yourself after a week completely forgetting about that purchase, you know, it's something that you probably didn't want anyway or didn't even need anyway. But it's a really simple way to cut down your spending. It'll save your money for the things that are actually essential. 
really controlling that that impulse buy, so to speak. You know, at the end of the day, when you think about minimalism, it's really more than just reducing the number of things you have. It's really more than the amount of money you spend or do not spend. It is most importantly putting that intention on how you live your life. Now, no matter where you are on your reentry journey, the intention you put on living your life is what will set you up for success in this new dynamic that you're doing and really optimizing your second chance journey. I really want to thank you, as always, for sharing your time with me. Thank you. Please, you know, thank you. Say I say thank you to you. Thank you to your friends. And thank you for continuing to spread second chance coaching to your friends, family, and loved ones. So very much appreciated. Thank you. Thank you again for joining us. Um, and once again, we look forward to spending this time with you next week. Let us know how your minimalist journey is going. Let us know what projects and decluttering that's going on. I know that you're going to be really happy with that. You know what I mean? So I know you're going to be excited about it. I, I get excited every time I do it. But you know what? Give yourself that time. Do it little by little. It's not always. It's not all going to happen in one step. You know, give yourself that grace and mercy and patience. Thank you again for joining us, and I look forward to spending time with you again next week. Thank you again for joining us here at Second Chance Coaching. In addition to coaching services for individuals and businesses, I'm also available for speaking engagements and workshops on criminal justice reentry, human resources, as well as organizational culture and leadership. Feel free to email me at richard at secondchancecoaching.com, as well as connect with me on Instagram at the Dr. Richard Lewis. Remember, every day you are given this opportunity for your second chance, and I know you'll make the best of it. I love you all, and I look forward to connecting with you next time here at Second Chance Coaching.